of internet wonderland i hope my voice finds you well welcome back to my home this is cheshire's place as always i am your host the melodious one mr cheshire you can always find me in my small little corner of internet wonderland by clicking a like on the facebook group page cheshire's place a looking glass and a logical madness you can listen to this episode and all other content on anchor i keep forgetting Spotify, <clears throat> Spotify for podcasters, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other platforms. And if you ever feel like dropping a line, saying hi, or giving any thoughts or suggestions for upcoming episodes, feel free to email me at CheshireLookingGlass at gmail.com, or you can follow me on Twitter, not X, Twitter. It will always be Twitter. Y'all may call it X. But it's going to be Twitter for us at, oh my God, Place Cheshire. And if you ever feel like uh, watching some behind the scenes shenanigans, fun and excitement, you can always follow us on TikTok at Cheshire Place. And we're still working on our Instagram, but you can follow us on there. Drop some likes and comments 
at Cheshire Looking Glass. So, <clears throat> first and foremost, folks, it's uh, Saturday. It's relaxing. Summer's slowly beginning to turn into fall. For some reason, pumpkin spice season started early. Hmm. Why? Why? That, that, it, it, is it too early to say that it's too early to be basic? Mm, I don't know. No, because that means that we're one step closer to spooky season. But spooky season's every season. I know, but for those people that only want spooky season for the I, time I like, allotted. I like the concept of there are no major holidays after the 4th of July until spooky season, so it starts on the 5th of July. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's year-round for me. but Yeah. But it's still one of those things, though. Mm. Like, <clears throat> why? Why start pumpkin spice season in August? Middle of September, I understand. Because, you know, that's when fall is hitting. Yeah, baking seasons or baking spices. Yeah. Why during the summer? Next, pumpkin spice will be coming out at the 5th of July, too. I, th- I think we just need to invent, like, some other, you know, seasonal thing that happens before pumpkin spice. So yeah, that people will actually <coughs> abide by it. <laughs> yeah, you know, but yeah. but the, the that's the problem is that there's nothing mm-hmm. that is really associated with that time of year. So it's like, okay, well, what would it be? Apple pie, Fourth of July because celebration <coughs> of apple pie, you know that type of thing. Apple pie, there's enough commonality between it and pumpkin spice that it, the spices mm. would be the same as cinnamon, cloves, nutmeg. I mean. I, I guess we can take the route and say margaritas. Yeah. I mean, we could do that. I mean, single de Mayo and then lead up. I mean, a lot of people drink uh, margaritas because it is hot outside. It's a cold drink. I, I could get behind margaritas and or a virgin margarita. Daiquiris. Know? Daiquiris or virgin daiquiris, yeah. I mean, there's opportunity with this. I mean, depending on what we do. Yeah. But anyways, folks, because you already heard their voices... We have to do those wonderful, uh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Hold on. I have to go through a lot of stuff here because we have a few things that we have to discuss during this episode. But we have to go through proper introduction. So starting off. Ladies and gentlemen. Like to proudly introduce one third of the Sirens Trio, Trio, we'll talk today, here at Internet Wonderland. This individual is an actress, she is a director, she is extremely knowledgeable in all things spooky. She is my, she is my significant other, she is my best half. She is the first lady of Internet Wonderland, let's hear it from Miss Sally Stitch. Sally, how's it going today? And it looks beautiful. No, you have to say that. No, I don't. <laughs> Even if we weren't dating, I'd still say it's beautiful. It's because you're a flirt. <laughs> Anyways, second introductions. Now, coming to the stage, he is our resident voice actor. 
He is the bodacious beard that makes all the men jealous and all the women tremble. He is the velvety vanilla of Internet Wonderland. Let's give it up for the one, the only, J.J. Walkins. Hey, J.J., how's it going? How's it going? work earlier today it's all good so, man it's all good i mean it is gonna around that time where yard, yard work really has to be done in preparation mm-hmm. for fall I mean, soon we, enough we've rearranged like the entire backyard really so <laughs> nice yeah we had the the one thing that it was part of this like climbing wall that was built in our backyard that got taken down when we moved in basically right because the climbing wall went to my cousin because they had kids at the time that we did not have kids at the time so no no particular reason for us to have a climbing wall then um so that got taken down um just had this like platform we moved where the platform was and uh we had a kind of a jungle growing in our backyard so that all got mowed down and and then there was another fence that was up closer to like where our house is that got taken out so Right. So it's very different looking in the backyard, but it's a, a lot more open and set up for more efficient use of the space. So nice, nice. So how's the baby doing? Good. Uh-huh. Hungry. He's, uh, I think, eating. What was it? He had like three or four ounces in one sitting today. That baby's going to be tall. That's going to be a tall. Yeah, we baby. we've already discussed. He's going to probably be. Well, I think about five and a half feet by the time he's about 12. So that would be like Thor. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds about right. Honestly. And how's mama doing? Good. Tell her that we said hi and we miss her. Yep. So I wanted to start this um, episode. Oh, that's right. I I do have to mention two things. One, D Twizzle isn't with us today because he's actually on the scene at Sky Dancer um, um, Casino and Resort. Because Ja Rule and Little Kim are actually playing that venue. Or at least Little Kim is. I mean, Ja may just, you know, disappear like Firefest. Oof. Ooh, should I mention that? Should I mention that there's going to be a Firefest 2 coming and, and up? And that the tickets have already all sold out, which is hilarious. And it's the back irony in, of the, yeah. previ- like the first iteration. And it's back in the Caribbean, which means people are going to enjoy those hot dogs and uh, grilled cheese sandwiches again. While being stranded in the middle of nowhere. But anyways, we'll talk more about that later. Uh, D, whenever you hear this episode, you know, have fun. Hope you had a great date. Yeah, exactly. Hope you had a great date. You're going to have to tell us about it. Definitely. But I wanted to also, yeah, that's right. I do have to introduce our special guest that is here with us, that is always here with us. She's almost pretty much living rent-free, but then again, I'm not going to argue because she's very intimidating. She is from the mind of our good friend, Winston Roundtree, which you can actually find her on winstonroundtree.com. You can find her on Instagram if you look up Winston Roundtree, and you can also find her on YouTube under the show Subnormalities. She is the star. She is the only one that matters on that show because she tells us that she matters. Let's give it up for the mysterious Finks. How's, how's it going, Sphinxy? Yes, I know. almost forgot your introduction. No, I'm not going to give you your own... Okay, I'll consider giving you your own music. For those who are the first-time listeners, Sphinxy doesn't really talk. She communicates to us telepathically. And a lot of the things that she says, 
even though we utilize the off the rail clause quite a bit on this show, especially on Saturdays, we're not going to repeat some of the stuff she says. No, that puts us puts us on FBI watch. So we'll just put it that way. But I did want to start off this um, podcast with some breaking news that did occur during the week. Um, so this week has been very unique to the world of pro wrestling and now overall entertainment. Um, this week we have received word about the passing of Terry Funk, who is a pro wrestling legend and icon spanning decades upon decades in the business. You know, his most notable stints in WCW and New Japan, um, all Japan wrestling, WWE, he, ECW, he has done it all. And he's actually a native of my part of Texas being, um, being Canyon, Texas. So <clears throat> that was already hard enough. But then we received word, and this was actually placed on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, by Triple Eight, announcing the passing of Wyndham Rotunda, also known as Bray Wyatt. He was, he was 36 years old, and we found out more information from Sean Ross Sapp from full select that he passed away from a heart attack which how it occurred he did contract COVID and it started um, it restarted an issue with his heart he was on the road to recovery he was doing well but then he had the heart attack and passed away um, WWE, due to the passing, has pretty much halted everything. Friday's um, episode of SmackDown was a little combination of tribute to both Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt um, in terms of matches and also um, vignettes of those individuals. And then today, we <laughs> it popped up on Facebook earlier today that um, legendary um, game show host Bob Barker passed away at age 99. Now, for those who who remember the name Bob Barker, I mean, he was the host of The Price is Right for decades. And, yeah, there were some allegations against him, but we won't dive into that. So... Is just a hard pill to swallow. It's almost like a big part of our childhood just Mm -hmm. vanished. Um, So to the families of Terry Funk, to the families of Bray Wyatt, and now Bob Barker, here at Cheshire's Place, we would like to offer our serious condolences and prayers during this time for you. Everyone will be missed. You know, it's hard to try to do a segue Mm -hmm. after that news. 
Because, I mean, for me, Terry Funk was like a legend. You know, I never had the opportunity to meet him when I was younger. Because during that time, he was actually on WCW and going through ECW as well. There was one opportunity, but I missed it. And I'm upset that I never had the chance to really meet him. He was actually supposed to be at a show that I worked in Texas, but never came to fruition. So, and then of course, Bray, I mean, he's young. And just for that to happen, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's just crazy. And then Bob, as I mentioned, that's part of our childhood gone. For all the days that we were sick and we had to like spend the day with grandma, Mm -hmm. you know, it was soap operas and Price is Right. Yep. That was it. So chicken noodle Mm -hmm. soup. Well, yeah. And And ginger ale. The news, the news about Bray Wyatt kind of reminded me of something that, you know, um, I guess Lilith and I had kind of been uh, revisiting. Uh, So John Belushi because we were watching some of the older SNL seasons yeah. recently. Um, he, you know, he only lived to the age of 33. Right. So it's another situation kind of like that where it's like, you know, he um, taken, you know, much too soon. But, the, you know, when you look at what he was able to accomplish in, in that short span of time, it's right. kind of impressive. Yeah. It really is. Now, those individuals are not going to be forgotten anytime soon. They're really not. But, you know, how do you segue in, away from that? Um, there's actually one other piece of news that popped up. And this actually happened in Jacksonville, Florida, today. And this is from BBC News. Jacksonville shooting. Racist gunman kills three black people in Florida store. So there was another shooting in Jacksonville. Um, so I'll just read the story real quick. A gunman killed three black people in a racially motivated attack, then killed himself in Jacksonville, Florida, the city sheriff said. The men... The man, described as a white and in his early 20s, entered a Dollar General store and opened fire, triggering a standoff with police. Sheriff T.K. Waters said two men and a woman were killed by the gunman who wore body armor and left manifestos. Maradona Deegan said that it was a hate-filled crime driven by racist hatred. The sheriff said the shooter, who has not yet been officially named, carried a lightweight semi-automatic rifle and a handgun. He is believed to have acted alone and allegedly wanted to kill himself. He lived in Jacksonville's Clay County with his parents and authored several manifestos, Sheriff Waters said, including one to his parents and another to the media. The sheriff added that at least one of the guns had a swastika drawn on it. The FBI has opened a civil rights investigation into the shooting, which is treating as a hate crime. 
The attack happened less than a mile from the historically black Edwards Waters University. Jacksonville Mayor Donna Deegan told local TV channel WJXT, one shooting is too much, but these mass shootings are really hard to take. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis called the gunman a scam bag and described the shooting as horrific. And here's the quote from Governor DeSantis. He, the gunman, was targeting people based on their race. That is totally unacceptable, said Mr. DeSantis, who is competing to be the Republican Party's presidential candidate. The guy killed himself then rather, sorry, the guy killed himself rather than face the music and accept responsibility for his actions. And so he took the coward's way out. The White House said President Joe Biden has been briefed on the shooting. In a statement provided to the BBC U.S. partner CBS News, Dollar General said it was heartbroken by the senseless act of violence that occurred at our Kings Road store, adding that supporting our Jacksonville employees and the DG family impacted by this tragedy is a top priority as we work closely with law enforcement. There have been over 28,000 gun deaths in the U.S. so far this year, according to the Gun Violence Archive website. The Jacksonville attack comes on the 60th anniversary of the March on Washington and Martin Luther King Jr.'s famous I Have a Dream speech. Tens of thousands of people gathered in the Capitol on Saturday to mark the historic milestone in the civil rights movement. (sighs) Thoughts? Why does this always happen at Dollar Generals? When... COVID was around and people had to wear masks in the stores and they were like saying you can't come in without them. There was somebody at a Dollar General that was doing security that got shot by somebody who didn't want to wear a mask. I I think part of the issue is that people just, they don't really, I think, understand any of the consequences of what their actions are because if if somebody realized what they're putting other people's families through when they do stuff like this like it'd be a no-brainer you just don't do that stuff but i mean obviously something somewhere along the line broke down and like that's really what what if if i had any control over you know mental health in in our country like I would want to make sure that we can figure out how to get these kinds of services to people in all of these situations so that they're not feeling, you know, anxiety or depression or just that kind of level of hatred where they feel like they need to lash out in these ways to feel heard. So, you know... Having crime that's racially motivated, unfortunately, is as part of the fabric of this country. Something that's been embedded, something that's been rooted in. And for some people to hate like that, to go to that extreme, I don't know. It, it it still confounds me to this day. Yeah. I I really agree with this one thing that I found online where the guy's like, um, you know, we're not 
humans having a, a spiritual experience where you're, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. And right. then like, you know, you, you take, you know, water and you pour it into a, you know, a clear glass and, a, and an opaque glass of any kind of color. It's like you, when you look at the glass, you see the glass, but it's what's inside. It's all the same. Right. So like people, we're all people and we, we all, you know, go through, it might not be the same shared experience, but there's enough overlap in the kind of hardship that we all face that, you know, even if we can't relate on a specific level, we've all, we've all had different uh, experiences that are, they might be unique to us, but the way that they make us feel that I think is something that we can all share and appreciate. And, and really if, if we got to know each other to that degree, I think stuff like this goes away. But the problem is getting people to realize that. And it's going to take a very long time. <clears throat> I mean, it's still a work in progress across the world. It's something that we're going to have to deal with. Our children are going to have to deal mm-hmm. with. We can only hope that generations after us, there will be a fine understanding that we are all one people. But until then, we can only hope and pray that, you know, those with intolerant mindsets find clarity and realize the error of their ways. I've always thought that racism is the stupidest thing to believe in because you basically just hate somebody because their skin is better equipped for the sun than yours. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what it boils down to. This is going to be so dumb. Yeah, different levels of vitamin D. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's one of those topics that maybe we will have to go and discuss again because I know we did, I did an episode not too long ago about racism Mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe it's something that we need to revisit again, but not during this season, maybe next season. We'll, we'll see. We have time to think about this because it is such a heavy topic. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we'll definitely see. Now, you know, I think we're actually going to take a small break, recompose, because when we come back from the break, we're actually going to be discussing a little bit of uh, some wrestle wrestle, because tomorrow at noon, central time, of course, is AEW's All In from Wembley Stadium, the biggest wrestling event in the world. And we'll get into discussion about that, the matches, and make our predictions for the matches. So stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Cheshire's Place, a looking glass in a logical madness. As always, I am your host, the melodious one, Mr. Cheshire. Alongside me, the first lady of Internet Wonderland, Miss Sally Stitch. Hello, hello. And the velvety vanilla of Internet Wonderland, J.J. Walkies Esquire. Howdy. So now it is time that we discuss AEW All In, which right now, due to the ticket sales, is the world's largest incapacity wrestling event. And it's amazing. Like this has superseded WrestleMania numbers. This has superseded G1 Climax numbers, Triple Mania numbers. So this is going to be a big, big show that AEW has to deliver on. Now, just to remind everyone, and if you've been following like WrestleMania, WrestleTalks, um, you know, what culture wrestling, they have been discussing this. There's been a lot of changes to the initial card, mainly due to the fact of injuries and um, issues with people leaving the country for quite a few various reasons. And we'll be discussing that quite a bit. Um, actually we'll probably discuss it now because names like Jeff Hardy, he cannot leave due to the fact of the legal issues that he's had recently and he's on probation. So he can't leave, which affect, which initially affects the match that was supposed to happen with, um, the Hardy boys. And I forgot the match that it was supposed to be, but Yeah, he can't leave. Ray Phoenix, he was written off the card due to the fact that he has visa issues. He's trying to establish residency here in the U.S., so it's going to be hard for him to leave. That's why he didn't work uh, the AAA shows, and that's why he was stripped of his AAA Cruiserweight title, and I forgot what the other one was. I think it was the Open one. can't remember. God, I'm bad at this. I had it written down and I lost the information while I was at work. But we do have the lineup here. And yes, there have been some matches that have been changed. Some matches that have been added. So this is going to be a very interesting card. So let's get down to it. Now, I I will be mentioning the the match and we'll be giving our predictions on who will win. So is everyone ready? Yeah. 
All right, so the first match that's on the card is actually set for the pre-show or zero hour. It is Jungle Boy Jack Perry versus Hook for the FTW Championship. That's pre-show? It's pre-show. It is pre-show. It's going to be good, though. Oh, no, the the other match that's on here that's pre-show is going to be very good, too. And I think I understand why they're doing it this way. Mainly because it's to get people ramped, people excited, and people to actually buy in. So, Jungle Boy Jack Perry versus Hook. Now, for those who do follow AEW, um, Hook and Jack Perry were in a tag team, which was Jungle Hook. And they were doing good, and, well, Jack Perry stabbed him in the back. Then later they had a match for the FTW championship, which Jack Perry won by less than favorable means, i.e. hitting Hook with the belt and taking the pin, which that wrote Hook off for a little bit, and Jack moved on and was doing other matches and everything, and now Hook is back. And, yeah, I don't know. What are y'all thoughts on this one? I feel like it's been actually it probably has been like almost half of a year since I've seen any of AEW stuff. So yeah, since actually the last pay-per-view that we covered. Yeah. So what do you think, Sally? I'm excited for it. The reason I started chuckling is because you said hook is back and event. My mind immediately went to the movie hook. Oh, do, 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 do. The music started playing, and I was like, yes. Wow. <laughs> I want that to happen. <laughs> you, you want Dustin Hoffman to show up at AEW? Well, the, you know the music that that plays when he comes in? It's like... When, like I don't, I don't know what offhand, but... Yeah, oh. when they're chanting hook, it's, hook, yep, hook, follow the and hook. They, it's oh, this okay. very yeah. distinct John yeah. Williams, yeah. like, yeah. do-do-do, do-do-do, do-do-do. Yeah. like, that's what started playing <laughs> in my head. That should like, be his <laughs> entrance music. Although, you know, I still like him using Action Bronson. The, yeah. You know. No, it's good. But it's, this is just my weird brain. Right. Coming up with weird things because it links to something yeah. completely random. I, I don't think I've seen any of Hook's matches. He's so good. He is good. He's so good. Like, he is the son of of um, ECW original Taz. Who's oh, Taz, Who's actually yeah. working mm-hmm. commentary in ECW. Right. Um, in AW. Mm-hmm. Um, Taz has trained him for a very long time. Also, he has trained in the factory with QT Marshall. He's trained with Cody Rhodes and Arn Anderson. So Hook has a very amazing pedigree Mm -hmm. overall. When he won the title, wasn't it in like a match that only lasted like a a minute because he got him like knocked out in a minute with a submission move? So what happened was it was when Ricky Starks had the FTW championship. He did one match, won that match, and then was like, you know what? I can go again. I feel good. I can do this. And that's when Hook came out. Ricky accepted. One, two, three. Boom. Hook got him with the El Camino, got him into Red Rum. That was it. He became the FTW champion. Even though the FTW championship is not recognized by AEW. It's one of, yeah. So it, it is not an AEW championship. It is originally an ECW championship. It was made specifically for Taz. Hmm. 
And it was defended as an actual championship in old school ECW. Okay. But it will not be recognized as a belt in AEW. I suppose because of the promotion and are, are there still like copyrights protecting it or no. Okay. There's no copyrights protecting it. It's just one of those things that AEW already has too many titles. Mm. Like if you really look, if you take a look at all the titles that AEW has, the world championship, women's world championship. Do they think maybe it would just like devalue the fact that they have all those other ones or I think it just dilute the fact that sure. there's so many of them. So We'll just call it a legacy championship because, I mean, it is relating to ECW's history and, frankly, why actually added on to the massive load that AEW has. I mean, as I was saying, AEW has the world championship, the women's championship, the tag championship, the trios, trios the um, international. Then, of course, they also have... Um, TBS. Yep, the TBS championship. So the women has two championships, but the men's division has all of these others. Mm. Plus you add in Ring of Honor's belts. Even though it's its separate company, it's still owned by Tony Khan, Mm -hmm. and their titles are defended on AEW programs as well. So the Ring of Honor World Championship, the Pure Pure Championship, Tag for Men, Trios, uh, the women's title, the world television title, there's a lot. Sure. And even with CM Punk saying that he has the true AEW championship, you know, that, that really convolutes everything too. But anyways, predictions, starting with Sally. Jungle Boy, Jack Perry versus Hook for the pre-show. Who do you have taking the FTW championship home? Oh, Hook is bringing that back. All right. Hook is bringing that back. All right, JJ, your thoughts? I don't think I've seen a match where Jungle Boy's lost yet, so. He's lost a couple. I know I know he has, but yeah. I don't think I personally have, have seen them. So if I, if I see the match, I'll say that Jungle Boy will win. <laughs> so after this, we'll show you a Hook match. Okay. We'll show you a good Hook match. Um, Me personally, because of the back and forth between this and it's a story of now hook normally doesn't invite people in. He he's a reluctant partner with Dan Housen, which we haven't seen Dan Housen in a while. And I think it's due to injury, but we all miss Dan Housen. I mean, he's our, he's our um, weird Lord and savior right on par with Axel Braun, but you know, But <clears throat> having Jungle Boy step in after he was betrayed by Christian Cage and by Luch- and Luchasaurus and, you know, Hook was like, yeah, you know, let's be tag partners. And then having Jungle Boy stab him in the back. I mean, this is a story of redemption. So I'm excited for this. I'm going to say Hook is going to take it due to the fact that one, it's going to be an amazing match between these two. Mm-hmm. And two, frankly, Hook is just going to beat the hell out of Jungle Boy. So I'm taking Hook for the win and to reclaim his title. So the second match that is pre-show, and this makes no sense to me. It does not make any sense to me. The Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship. 
Aussie Open, who is the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champion, versus Better Than You, baby, the team of MJF and Adam Cole. Uh, now they're they're the ones that are in the main card, right? The main event for the AEW World Championship. So this is going to be so interesting. So they have to wrestle twice, twice, yeah, twice, as buddies, and then yeah. So this is, but it's a title match. So like they could, so both of them. So this is going to be a title match. (sighs) So two title matches for both of these individuals. I'm just wondering how this is going to work because I know Aussie open is, you know, they're phenomenal. Those are real Ospreys. Yeah. Right. Yep. From United empire. So Aussie open MGF, Adam Cole, and mind you, they've been teasing, you know, Adam Cole possibly becoming heel because now MJF, even though he's always been a reluctant individual to go face, now he's a face. People love him even more Hmm. on the promo where he officially became face. He was like, yes, I'm still going to be a scumbag, but I'm going to be your scumbag. So he's still MJF, but now people are really behind him. Hmm. Where does that leave Adam Cole? Mind you, MJF was trying to play that little devil on the shoulder for a bit. And it seems like the role reversal is beginning to hit. So I'm interested to see what happens in this match. Are they actually going to coexist long enough to get the ROH titles? So JJ, starting with you, your thoughts. I think that there will be at least a portion of the match where they can sort of cohesively work together and, you know, do some good work on, on the incumbents. But I, I think that they'll retain just because there's going to be a part right at the end where like there's a botched move or something, you know, they accidentally, they, they're going for, you know, the other team, they, they hit each other. They just keep going after each other. And then one of them gets, you know, tied up in either a submission hold or a, you know, unexpected pin or something, and and they drop it that way. All right, so you're thinking Aussie Open's going to take it? I think so. All right, Sally? I think Aussie Open will take it as well, just because of the main event part as well, because why would you have a freshly crowned tag team have to go against each other for a match? The only reason why, because it would be interesting to continue the storyline and I don't think anybody's done that before. Uh, actually, yeah, in WWE. Oh, a couple of times. Actually, yeah, actually, quite a few times they've done that where where tag team partners were also rivals at the same time. So, I mean, this is a fresh way to do it, especially with the storyline progression between Adam Cole and MJF. Sure. So, I'm going to be the opposite. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to pull it off. Then we get to the main event where MJF is going to retain. Yeah, I know this is a little foreshadowing for later, <laughs> but you know we'll, we'll actually talk more about that here in a bit. But I have a feeling that MJF and Adam Cole is going to win because it will progress their story further. Sure. All right. So starting off with the main card, the first match on the list is Will Ospreay versus Chris Jericho. Now, this has been a match in the making for quite a while. 
you know, even when Jericho was in New Japan and he was doing, you know, independent shows before AEW. So, and Will Ospreay, my Lord, this man is a genius when it comes to wrestling. Y'all have probably seen the memes where final boss music plays after he took the moonsault and landed on his feet and looked like he was about to go ultra instinct. He is final boss. He is. So JJ, starting with you again, your thoughts on this match. Um, yeah, it'll definitely be, be an interesting match. Um, I know Jericho's starting to get up there, but that isn't any sort of indication that he's not going to be able to one perform and two, you know, be, be the one that, uh, might come out on top. Um, Yeah, this is a tough one for me. Um, I think just for the sake of brevity, I will go with Chris Jericho getting the W for this one. All right, Sally? I'm going with Will. I just love his style, and uh-huh. Jericho's got sleeky old man boobs. No. <laughs> I, I, I can almost guarantee he's going to have a red chest before the end of the match. Oh, God, though. Yeah. He's oh, going to be bloody. He's Yeah. He's going to be bloody. You know, I'm predicting that there's going to be shenanigans due to the fact that Don Callis is on Will Ospreay's side. Yeah. And after everything that occurred last week with Jericho saying yes to joining the Don Callis family and unveiling the the portrait of Don Callis holding Jericho's head, if he would have said no, I have a feeling that Ospreay is going to have some shenanigans. But I'm going to say that Jericho may persevere on this one. The reason why is due to the fact that Osprey's contract with New Japan ends in six months. Now, if they had him win this match, then that would pretty much guarantee that Osprey is going to be AEW bound. And we don't know if that's actually going to happen because this man has options. He could easily continue to work at New Japan. He can work at All Japan. He can work in Pro Wrestling Noah. He could go to AAA. He can go to C-Mail. He can go to AEW. He could go to WWE, and him and Ricochet can have like a re- revamp version of their rivalry because those dudes did amazing, crazy stuff. I mean, an actual viral yeah, an actual viral moment. Logan Paul will feel like a little kid watching those two masters in action. But, you know, I'm going to say Jericho's going to win because he's going to persevere over all the shenanigans and everything. And you have to think Takeshita is probably, oh, actually, Takeshita probably won't be part of the shenanigans because he has a match coming up that we'll talk about. But I'm going to say Jericho on this one. All right, so the next match we have to discuss is the coffin match. Sting and Darby Allen versus Swerve Strickland and Christian Cage. Now, this is all prelude to possibly Sting's final matches in pro wrestling. Uh And they've been talking about this because Sting is taking on the Joker Sting persona that he had in TNA, which he did that magnificently. I remember him doing that. And it was unhinged. It was crazy. It was fun. So 
I'm excited to see what happens. Now, granted, Sting is in his 50s, almost 60s, still going. There's no stop to this man. No. How he is doing this is insane. But also, is, is he I love older it. than Ric Flair was when he finally um up the Honestly, I want to you know what? Research. <laughs> I'm going to use my crack research team on my phone. Yeah. Get an actual age for Sting. Yeah. Is so, Rick, that, so so Sting Sting is 64 years old. Oh wow. And then if we look at Ric Flair cuz Ric Flair is 74. So yeah. Sting is at that rough age where Ric Flair was during his final final match. Or sorry, final televised match on WWE. Sure. Cuz then he went back to TNA and was wrestling even though he said he's retired. Mind you, he has a lot of alimony to pay. Because this man is four wives deep. I think five now. I'll have to look that up too. But anyways, yeah. This is Sting Swan Song going and getting out of pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. So, Sally, I'm going to start with you on your prediction. Who do you think is going to take it? Now, granted, okay, Christian Cage as a partner for Swerve Strickland Granted, this really hasn't had too much buildup. This is more or less. Did did uh, Swerve in Our Glory finally have a a, a falling out? Oh, that yeah. was a long time. Well, that was yeah, a year yeah. ago. Oh, that was a year ago that they had a falling out, and there's a lot of weird stuff involved. But Sally, Sting and Darby Allen versus Sir, uh, Swerve Strickland and Christian Cage coffin match. Now, mind you, the rules for this is both tag team partners need to be in the coffin and the lid shut. So, who do you think? I can't go against Murder Grandpa and Skeleton Dude in a a coffin match. I can't. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he does a coffin drop. I can't can't go against that. (laughs) So, you think Sting and... Sting and Darby. Granted, Sting is the American Murder Grandpa now. (laughs) Murder Grandpa. I mean, you put him with Great Muda. You put him with... Freaking Ibushi, you put them with. Uh, wow, that there's a lot of people. All right, so JJ, your thoughts? I have no reason to believe otherwise. <laughs> and we're going to make this the the first one that we've all agreed on. Yeah, for this one, this is the first one we're all agreeing on. Sting and Darby Allen's going to take it. Yep. Yeah. Unless if yep. there's some type of shenanigans. Honestly, and buffoonery. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I do like you know Christian as a as a wrestler, but mm-hmm. I, I I I've I've enjoyed even more the uh, the tag team of of Darby Allen and and Sting working They've together. They've been together for a while, so they really have built up like a good teamwork. Mm-hmm. Where with Christian and uh, Swerve, it's, it's like practically practically brand new. new. They're not yeah. going to know. Yeah ins and outs of when they need help and all that. Now, here's the thing. There are also possible predictions and rumors that a certain individual who had his final match in WWE may be AEW bound, and this is none other than Adam Edge Copeland. Ah. So there's a possibility that Edge will... Resurface? 
Yeah, but in AEW because his final match is also the end of his contract. He put a post up on TikTok though where he said he's not sure what he's going to do yet because right. he was enjoying his time just being with his kids and drinking coffee. Right. And and he's had quite a rough, you know, medical yeah. history. So yeah. It was like the first time I, I was forced to retire, now it's in my lap and I'm like, what do I want to do? Yeah. And he's like really considering like just enjoying his coffee and yeah. his kids. And he's had two really good story arcs you yeah. know with with wwe the first one where he's the rated r superstar and then this next one where he came back after yeah. the after the injury and and started uh judgment day and yeah so as i said it's a prediction a lot of people want it to happen a lot of people in the wrestling business think it's going to happen due to the fact that this is a fresh crop of individuals that he could wrestle and also for the fact that when he was preparing to get back into the ring, it was FTR and Sheamus that were training him to get back into wrestling shape. And mind you, he is best friends with FTR. Mm-hmm. So that actually means there it is a good possibility. Granted, he doesn't like CM Punk too much, but he's willing to work with him. But think of the possibilities of who he could work with. Yeah. I, I, I would love to see those two specifically, you know, Edge and Christian, Christian again. That would turn. <laughs> like, the, I, I just I just love their dynamic. Like, yeah. and, and the fact that they were one of the tag teams in, like, the most memorable la- uh, tables, ladders, and chairs. Yeah. Yep, the very first one. Yep. So it's going to be interesting if he does come in. What type of dynamic is he going to play in? Is he going to be a face? Is he going to be a heel? Is he going to join Christian? Or is he going to go against Christian? See, that's one dynamic that we haven't done before because it was done in WWE where they were actually going up against each other for the world title. So I'm interested in seeing what will happen. So yeah, Sting, Darby Allen, yeah, I think that's going to be the call. Yep. All right, so next match, AEW World Trios Championship. The House of Black being the champions versus the acclaimed and Billy Gunn. Now, granted, daddy ass, <laughs> Billy Gunn retired. But not badass Billy Gunn. So this is a way to swerve people saying, yeah, he's retired, but it's a character mm. that's retired. Oh, so kind of like um, all of Mick Foley's personas. Yeah. So, mind you, Billy Gunn was, you know, smoking gun Billy Gunn because he was part of that tag team. Then he was Rockabilly, which I hated that one because that was him being an Elvis impersonator alongside the Honky Tonk Man. Uh-huh. Then he became Badass Billy Gunn. Then he became Mr. Ass. Then he became the one Billy Gunn. Then he went back to being Badass Billy Gunn, and that was all in WWE. Then, of course, he comes to TN, or TNA, where he was the badass Billy Gunn. Or no, he was actually, he was um, Kip, his real name. He oh. used his real name because he was part of the Voodoo Ken Mafia. Then, of course, he went back to WWE for a little bit. Then AEW came into play. So he was able to have, and he owns the right to the name Billy Gunn. Okay. So that was one thing after the last stint in WWE. He managed to 
on his name. So <clears throat> he was that he was Billy Gunn and then became Daddy Ass thanks to the acclaim. Then he retired the Daddy Ass name. Now he's the badass Billy Gunn, and that's who he's coming as for this. So starting off with Sally on this one. Who do you think? House of Black being the champions, being in their best, like their best work is right now as champions. Or the acclaimed and Billy Gunn. Who do you got? I would like to see the acclaimed and badass Billy Gunn get it. But I don't think it will happen unless Buddy Matthews does decide to like join his fiance. Yeah. So you're That's the only thing I would think of that would make them have to drop it. Yeah. He ended up leaving. But I don't know if that's happening or not. Uh, hasn't been too much chatter about it. I think they're happy with the fact that they're working separate promotions, but they live together and have four dogs and matching trucks and everything else. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking House of Black? Yeah. I mean, I like House of Black, too. Yeah. Creepy wonderfulness. Which I'm going to have to show you Alistair Black's um, clothing line, too. Oh, you'll love it as something. <laughs> Blackcraft? He's the one who created Blackcraft. Oh, I know that. Yeah. I know that one. <laughs> if I remember correctly, I'll have to relook to be sure. All right, JJ, your thoughts. Yeah. Um. I guess I don't have any very strong opinions about either one. Um, when I don't have an opinion to that extent, I would, uh, I guess, err on the side of caution and say that the title holders will retain. So, all right. So going with the house of black. Yep. So let's make this a trifecta. I'm going to go with house of black due to the fact that, yeah, the claim is a homegrown talent. You know, day one, AEW, yes, they were the world tag team champions. Yes, they lost the titles. Yes, they were in a little bit of purgatory. But now this program with House of Black and the multiple matches that they've had. House of Black has always had their number. House of Black members are more brutal. They're more hard hitting. They're more, I want to say, sadistic with their style. I mean, you take a look at Aleister Black and everything he's done since he was Tommy End working the independence and then going to going to WWE NXT, you know, and then him coming to AEW. You take a look at Brody King. You take a look at Buddy, Buddy Matthews. Hell, take a look at Julia Hart. She is a demon in the ring. And I love it. They are truly what the Judgment Day should be. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Just, like, don't get me wrong. I love the Judgment Day. I like Finn. I like Damien. Yes, La Maria. And, of course, Dom. Dominic Mysterio, who is instant heat. He is magical for the type of heat he brings in. Mm. But, honestly, Judgment Day is what the House of Black is now. Or, or uh, let me rephrase. Sorry. House of Black is what Judgment Day should be. Mm. Wishes they were. Yeah. 
It's what they can aspire to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Because, yeah, like promos, blah, blah, blah. Eh, Judgment Day has some good promos. But House of Black with their intensity and everything, that is what Judgment Day should be. So, all right. So now we go to the AEW Real World Championship match. CM Punk being the title holder versus Samoa Joe. Now, mind you, they've been going through quite a bit of a war. CM Punk challenged Samoa Joe for his world television title from Ring of Honor. A lot of back and forth. And mind you, they have history from the old days of Ring of Honor. So, JJ, I'm going to start with you. CM Punk, who is the title holder, technically, because he never lost the title. He got the medium, the, you know, brawl out what happened versus Samoa Joe. First question, um, is this lazy booking? So I'm going to say no. Okay. Because it's not well, a... Well, I, I, I mean that in terms of like the, the match stipulation. Is no. it going to be... It's a normal match. No DQ or... Nope. Normal match. Okay. So it has nothing gimmicky. There's no DQ. No, 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 no. It's a normal actual match. Okay. So no lazy booking. Not until we get to these next ones. Okay. But anyways. Because I want to say CM Punk loses by disqualification. <laughs> Would be my prediction. Okay. Because I feel like Samoa Joe wins, but he doesn't get the title. (laughs) Thank you. I could see that happening. I could see that happening. Which could open up a little more for the storyline. So, yeah, possible, possible. All right, Sally, your thoughts. I like that. (laughs) I like that. But I think, I don't know, I think Samoa Joe would beat him anyways. Okay, okay. So, this is the route I'm going to go because, mind you, this is possibly leading up to CM Punk versus MGF Part 2. And mind you, they had a great exchange the first time. That left Punk bloody, but he still won and retained the title the first time. And this is when Max was peak heel. So I'm going to go with CM Punk winning. And I'm going to go with him winning clean. No shenanigans, no additionals. Mainly because eventually they will have to do some type of unification title match between MJF and and CM Punk. Hmm. All right, so now this is going to be a little bit of lazy booking. Even though it's a straightforward match on paper, it's still kind of lazy booking. And this is a trios match between the Golden Elite, which is the team of Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi, and Hangman Adam Page versus Kanesuke Takeshita and Bullet Club Gold, which is the members of Jay White and Juice Robinson. So, mind you, Bullet Club Gold is a sub-faction of the Bullet Club, some for the U.S., some for AW, which is Jay White and Juice Robinson, who were members of Bullet Club in Japan, and now the Gun Club, which are the sons of Billy Gunn. So, this is going to be interesting. Trios match, more of the Japanese style, because all of these men worked in Japan. 
The only one that didn't work in like New Japan is Takeshita mm-hmm. because he worked in DDT, which was more comedic style than then he did his pilgrimage. He became more serious. So, all right. So starting with Sally, Golden Elite or Takeshita and Bullet Club Gold. Who do you think got winning this? Can't go against the butt tassels, but I think I'm gonna. <laughs> so you think Bullet Club <laughs> Golden to cast yeah. Okay, yeah. why is that? Um, just because I want to see the elite taken down a peg. Because I don't like the two guys, the actual tag team elite. So, okay, okay, I can see that. All right, JJ, your thoughts? I'm I'm going with Kenny Omega on this one. I, I like him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's coming back after getting getting clobbered by Takeshita um, during that big um, blood and guts match between the Golden Elite and BCC. Mm-hmm. So him coming back and everything. Yeah, this is a little more retribution. I could see that. Um, you know what? This one's hard to call. But you know for a fact that Kenny's not going to lose this. He's not going to lose this. He's one of, he's one of the like the foundations of AEW. He he's like the Brock Lesnar of. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I mean, Kenny's great and everything. Yes, he's still one of the EVPs there, and you know, and I just have a feeling that the Golden Elite's going to win this. Granted, there's going to be some shenanigans involved, but because, you know, if Takesta is part of a match, Don Callis is going to follow. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Golden Elite on this one. So now we got to talk about the AEW Women's World Championship four-way. Here's your lazy booking. Ah. Because, mind you, it's a four-way match. That means no DQ, anything can go. Here are the competitors. Hikaru Ishida, who is the champion. So, AEW Japanese wifey. Mm. Not as hot as... Well, she's hot, but she's not as hot as Asuka. Or Io. She's up there. She, she's top She's top five. Uh, versus Soraya. Versus Tony Storm. So, two, team, two partners here. Because they're part of the outcasts, along with Ruby Riot. Versus Dr. Britt Baker DMD. So, JJ, I'm going to start with you. Um, who who has the title currently? Uh, Hukaro. Hukaro? Yep. And she is phenomenal in her matches. Very strong style. Very hard-hitting. Okay. Uh, my gut's going to tell me that it's going to be her retaining. Um, if... It's somebody else. My my second choice would be Britt Baker pitting one of the other two. Okay. 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 Sally, your choice. So, Hukaru Shida, Soraya, Tony Storm, Britt Baker. You know I love my Tony Storm. Yeah, I know. But... I think with 
shenanigans and buffoonery, something's going to happen, but I'm hoping that Hikara will stick it out. So this one is hard to call. Mm-hmm. Because, mind you, Soraya and Tony are going to be working together up to some point. Because mm-hmm. communication is going to have to break down. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know Ruby's going to come out at some point. Exactly. So I can look at this as the downfall of the outcast. Which it probably will be. <laughs> right. The most likely person to win this title, honestly, aside from Hikaru actually retaining, I would have a feeling that they would put it on Tony. But. You don't know who she got won it from? Yeah, that's who, yeah Hikaru won it against Tony. But I have this weird feeling. I have this gut feeling that they're going to put it on Soraya. My prediction is that Soraya is going to get the pen. Somehow there's going to be some buffinery, some shenanigans, some brouhaha. And Soraya is going to get the title. I may be wrong, but that's why it's a prediction. Mm-hmm. So my prediction is Soraya. So this is the first time that we've had a split. Full split. On a four-way. Yeah. Like, I understand it for a four-way and a triple threat. Yeah. But yeah, I'm going to say Soraya. You're saying Brett. And Sally is saying Hikaru Shida. Even though I don't want to go against my Japanese wifey in AEW, I have to go with Soraya on this one. All right. So now we turn to the AEW World Tag Team Championship. FTR being the champions versus the Young Bucks. The match that should have happened a long ass time ago. And I mean a long ass time ago, but it felt like the Bucks were ducking and dodging FTR. So Sally, your thoughts on this match? FTR. All the way. All right. And why is that? Because they're awesome. I love them. They're really good. And I hate the Young Bucks. (laughs) And they're stupid, super kicks only. Oof. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Understandable. I mean, we all know that the that if it was a match between the Usos and the Bucks, Young Bucks, it would be, it would nothing, be but nothing but super kicks. super kicks. It would be. And it would actually be called a super kick party. How many super kicks can you hit in different ways? <laughs> Just don't turn that into a drinking game. <laughs> We'd be dead. <laughs> That'd be within the first minute. Yeah. Oh, look, super kick. You'd, oh, it, it would be okay. you'd, you'd, oh, you'd well, have we to took make that it, one. There were three more. You'd, it, it, you couldn't do shots. It'd have to be just like a sip of of like beer, and then like if somebody goes from a super kick into a pin, it's a shot. If it, they win off of a super kick into a into a pin, you have to finish your drink. <laughs> I don't even drink, <laughs> <laughs> but you feel sorry for the person that would have to under those yes. rules. And you know some. <laughs> You know, there would be someone that would actually do it because it would be so predictable. Exactly. Yeah. And the crazy thing is it would be so predictable that it's unpredictable. Mm -hmm. We all know that they would do super kicks, but who would have the most, who would have the most creative, who would, who would come in for interference with their own super kick? Oh yeah. Shawn Michaels. (laughs) Uh, He's retired. He's retired. I mean, honestly, Kevin Owens. 
Bully Ray because he's done a super kick in TNA. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of people that use super kicks that could just interfere, mm-hmm. given the name Super Kick Party. Right. I mean, anyone from the Samoan dynasty. I mean, it, it'd be crazy. Yeah. So, who do you think is going to win, bud? Yeah, I, I have no reason to doubt FTR. I love them too. And I also have not a complete disdain, but just I, I don't particularly like the Young Bucks. So this is my thing. As much as I'd love to say FTR will win, I think more or less this is going to be more backstage politics because, yes, FTR is close friends with CM Punk. CM Punk's on collision. FTR is mostly on collision now. I have a feeling the Young Bucks will probably win it. I hate to say it, even though I do like the Bucks a little bit. Over, you know, they do have some creativity, aside from super kicks. But I just have a feeling because of some politics here and there, it's going to be the Bucks. All right, so let's talk about the Stadium Stampede match, which is Blackpool Combat Club, which is John Moxley, Claudio Casanoli, and Wheeler Yuna Yuta alongside a returning Santana and Ortiz, the proud and the powerful, versus Eddie Kingston, Orange Cassidy, Penta El Zero Miedo, and Best Friends. This one is going, one, lazy booking. Two, going to be bloody as hell. Mm -hmm. And three, we're going to love it. Yeah. I'm already predicting that if I see this, this is going to be my my pick for <laughs> top top match of the night right so sally starting with you and granted yes we are bcc fans and having santana ortiz come back and mind you santana was injured after the last blood and guts match he was involved in and he was on the side of blackpool combat club then mm-hmm. and granted there's been issues between Santana Ortiz in real life. And it seems like they have worked everything out when, hence why they're tag team again. But the thing is them going up against Eddie Kingston. And yes, there were some issues between them and Eddie storybook storyline wise, and things are coming full circle on this. And yes, this is mainly because Eddie wants John Moxley in a match to resolve issues, quote unquote, and yes, Eddie does not like Claudia whatsoever because they have beef from Shakara and Ring of Honor. And there's a lot of stories intertwined and mixed into all of this. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen. So Sally, your prediction for this match, this glorious, <laughs> glorious cavalcade of buffoonery, bullshittery, and just, just insanity. The look on her face right now. <laughs> Who you got? Who is the in the match? <laughs> I was actually look, trying to look something up because I was totally like thinking I had the wrong group in the elite match. So I was trying to do like look that up, and I have no idea who we were talking about besides okay. Bullet uh, BCC. Yeah, BCC Blackpool Combat yep. Club and a whole With, bunch of randos, right? And a whole bunch <laughs> so, of randos. No, no, these are, <laughs> these guys aren't random. So John Moxley, Claudio Castanoli. No, I know who was in Blackpool. But also Santana and Ortiz from Proud and yep. the Powerful versus Eddie Kingston, okay. the international champ, Orange Cassidy. 
Penta El Zero Miero. So this is Penta. Mm-hmm. And then the best friends being Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta. I'm still going to go with Blackpool Combat, even though I like Penta a lot and Orange Cassidy. Okay. All right. JJ. I love BCC, but I haven't picked enough upsets against the people that I enjoy watching. So this will be the I one match. Like. This will be the one match that I'll be like, they're not winning this, even though I love the shit out of, you know, all of their, their personalities and their, you know, in, in ring work. I'm, I'm going with Eddie Kingston's group and maybe this will be an opportunity for them to start building on some storylines of <coughs> them working more together or coming up with their own kind of stable of something. Now, granted, Orange Cassidy, Wheeler Yuta are having a feud together, and that's for the international title. Um, Penta's in there because Moxley took out his brother, quote-unquote. Uh, best friends have issues with Claudio and Wheeler. Eddie has issues with John and Claudio. Th- there's a lot involved in all this. And... I don't want to cop out and say let the best team win because I have to predict a winner. And frankly, Eddie is on a hot streak coming back from Japan, being part of the G1 Climax, winning the never open weight championship. Like he got to do it all. It's time that AEW really starts putting some more value into Eddie Kingston. Because he's a workhorse. He has dealt with like personal demons. He's dealt with alcoholism. He's dealt with being homeless. He was homeless when he got the call to join AEW. It's time that AEW really started putting some stock into Eddie. And this is the sad thing. And mind you, this happened to me whenever I was wrestling because the promotion I was part of here really didn't see too much stock in me. But whenever I went to Minnesota and Texas and I was winning belts and those promotions, they saw stock in me, but yet the team here didn't. And that was upsetting. It's time that they showed that stock in Eddie because he deserves it. So I'm going to go with Eddie and Orange and Penta and Best Friends winning this. But that's my prediction. But I do have a feeling that BCC possibly could win this. We'll see what happens. And now the main event. The AEW World Championship MJF. Versus Adam Cole. Let's see if the shenanigans from the ROH World Tag Team Championship changes the dynamics of this match. So, JJ, your predictions for this one. Mm. I mean, again, I'm not really in MJF's corner, but... I can I can see him pulling this one out. 
Yeah. Yeah. All right, Sally. I have the feeling that they're going to have MJF take it. Keep it. Just for storyline purposes of unification and all that. Right. And I'm going to go with MJF as well. Mainly due to the fact that eventually him and CM Punk are going to have to cross paths. As much as I would like for Adam Cole to win, this is one of those things that it's going to depend on if Adam Cole actually goes full heel. Now, if this is more of a competitive babyface versus babyface and one babyface is showing a little heel qualities and he reels it back in, okay, it's going to be compelling. Hopefully... Mm -hmm. That would make sense for them to be world champ, world tag team champions and still be cool after the title match. So that's why I say the, the ROH match is going to determine what will happen during this match. Excuse me. So, so even though that we have MJF to slot to win, Something's going to be wonky prior to all this. So we'll see what happens. Now, I'm curious. I'm extremely curious here. Because I wanted to see the actual betting pull for for All In. Oh, yeah. So if I go here. DraftKings or something. There we go. Boom. For some reason, the computer's running kind of slow. And it shouldn't be. It's all updated. Everything's good. I think it's time that I update my internet. Uh, DraftKings came up. Uh, they're just talking about the 25. You can win 25K on double or nothing. Um all out. That's old stuff. Ah, here we go. AEW, no, that's double or nothing. All out, all in, win. Try, try and do like a control F. Control F? Yeah. So you can find it. All in. Oh, we'll do it this way. 2023 betting odds. Zero out of zero. Nothing. Huh. Well, looks like there's no betting odds for this. I don't want to create any. I know there's going to be some betting odds for payback. Because WWE always has betting odds, oddly enough. But anyways, I think this is going to be a good show all around. Mm -hmm. It's going to be interesting. Let, let's enjoy it for what it is. <clears throat> but after this, we are going to hit. We're going to hop back on here on Sunday evening and give the results of what occurred. So let's see what happens. Chances are this is probably going to be a four and a half, five hour show. So um, we're going to need lots of naps prior to this so anyways final thoughts on the show 
Sally? About that show or just the about episode that show. in general? Uh, about that show. About All In. What are your final thoughts? How do you think it will go? I think it's going to be an entertaining show. Um, there's going to be the natural highs and lows, I'm sure. But with the as many people that are going to it, they know that they have to put on a hell of a show. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. JJ, your final thoughts about All In 2023? I'm excited. I, I've, again, it's probably the the biggest pay-per-view that I've seen for AEW. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah, just looking forward to seeing what, what they can put out. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm excited for this. Let's see if it lives up to the hype and expectation. So, anyways, <clears throat> I'd like to thank Miss... Oh, wait. What are you about to say, Sally? So, as I was scrolling on my phone while we were talking, I came across the best um, picture in regards to Bob Barker. Oh. And then it's captioned, the fact that Bob Barker dying at 99 means that he got as close to 100 without going over gives me <laughs> comfort. And it's with him by the wheel. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to thank Miss Sally Stitch and JJ Walkies Esquire for joining me for tonight's uh, prediction show for AEW All In. So Sally, JJ, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. So this has been another episode of Cheshire's Place, a looking glass in a logical madness. I have been your host, the melodious one, Mr. Cheshire. And just as my namesake, the Cheshire Cat, I am everywhere yet nowhere. Stay tuned for tomorrow evening when we give the results of AEW All In 2023 in Wembley Stadium in London, England. Have a good night.